Head check, head check, one, two. Welcome to Head Check, the only unscripted podcast centered around mental health and self care. I am your host, Nightmare. This week I'm coming to you solo as my friend and brother Aaron is out sick this week. So you'll just have to deal with me. Uh, this week we'll do things a little bit differently as obviously there's no need to do a check in. Um, and there's no need to really don't have any new music to talk about unless you want to talk about uh, Haley Williams' solo album, which I finally did get to listen to. Not what I was expecting. Um, I really had hoped she would have more, I guess, of the her Paramore sound, and she went completely different. Like I didn't, I didn't even recognize the voice to begin with. But that was, that was just my opinion on it. It wasn't for me. Um, the Death by Rock and Roll single by The Pretty Reckless has been dropped. That's actually very good. Um, of course, The Pretty Reckless are... You, most of their records have been pretty good. I think their second album was sort of... Mm, middle for me but um I know the first one and then the the, the previous the name of it at the moment the previous release was uh, they were both very good as far as movies go we're probably gonna touch on that more when Aaron is back I have watched two of the more recent releases uh, Ford vs. Ferrari was the last one that did not go well um, I don't want to go into a whole spiel about it but there are so many historical inaccuracies about this movie that I just could not stand to watch it all the way through um, I do think Matt Damon did a good job portraying Carol Shelby but the, the story should have been factual. It was a good enough story on its own. I don't know why they decided to change things. And I'll probably go into more detail on that with him at a later date. Uh, what I do want to talk about is something that maybe I can help explain to people. Maybe maybe you can play this for someone who's looking to understand mental health better. People with anxiety, with depression, panic disorder, you know, any, any number of mental illness, it takes a physical and a mental toll on us. Every single day is work. Doesn't matter. It's get up to get just to get up, get a shower, shave, get dressed, and go. Just start the day is work. It's exhausting. We are a 
completely exhausted by the time we do that. And people like my father, uh, who suffers from this as well, I don't know how he pushed through it. He pushed... He came up with a time in a time where mental health wasn't really anything people talked about. It was a taboo subject. It was a very, I guess, unknown area. I happen to know that my grandmother, his mother, suffered from depression and nobody knew what that was. We can look back now and we can see the signs. But I was very fortunate that I had my father when my symptoms started to manifest, which we learned more as I got older and as years went on and research got better. But my father was the one who first noticed that I was dealing with anxiety and then he noticed the depression. And he noticed how far down I was going. And by when I say how far down, I'm talking about to the point of suicide. And I was not there yet, but I was getting close. Fewer and fewer things were stopping me. But he stepped in and he actually, I can still remember the even if he did he said I know what you're going through and that blew my mind because this whole time all the years that I had suffered with this I thought I was alone I thought I was just fighting this that something was wrong with me that I couldn't handle life and that that just didn't it never occurred to me that this could be something else, something that could be treated, something that could be something that other people could feel, could have felt. And also, yes, if you heard a ding right then, my instant messenger went off. Just ignore that. But um, yes, it. But to understand. To help people understand with mental illness, um, mental exhaustion, when we say we're mentally exhausted, it just it reflects on our drive to even get up in the morning. And people with that are like this, we take our responsibilities to the extreme. Basically, we wish to go to the point of perfection. To We don't want to let anyone down. We don't want to say, you know, I can't do that for you or I can't help you. That doesn't, that goes against the grain with us, but it's something that you have to learn to do. You have to learn to get there. You have to learn to say, I have limits. I can't do this, go any further than this. Your own, you know, I can't help you any more than this, and I can only do so much. I need help. Everybody needs help. 
That's something that does need to be driven into people's skulls. Probably with a ball peen hammer and then covered up with cement so it stays there. I get so tired of hearing about people who have just so many lives that have lost because they refuse to ask for help when the bravest thing you can do is ask for help. I know it's a cliche saying, but it takes more it takes more courage to ask for help than it does to try to do it on your own. And I wouldn't I couldn't do this on my own. If it hadn't been for my family, I wouldn't have been able to start this podcast. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have been able to help what few people I've been able to help, which I'm thankful to God that I was able to help them, and I give credit to him for that. And yes, I am a um, practicing Christian, and if that turns you off, then I'm sorry, but I'm going to be who I am, and that includes on this podcast. I know I probably sound a bit sad, a bit down right now, more serious than usual. Um, I don't really have, it's mostly because I don't have my brother here to play off of, and me and him aren't goofing around and being the entertaining idiots that we usually are. But I'm also talking about something very serious, and it's something that I hope people will learn, will learn from. But mental exhaustion, it is worse than physical. You are just beaten into the ground, it feels like. Your, you, your body may be completely rested and ready to go, but if the mind is not willing to do anything, the body won't respond. I mean, think about it. The brain is what controls our bodies, and that's if, when you're mentally exhausted, the rest of you may as well just not be connected. It's like you're trying to... It's like when your one of your limbs falls asleep and you're trying to move it and it doesn't respond. That's what mental exhaustion. That's a good analogy for mental exhaustion. It's basically you're disconnected from yourself. You're not able to. You don't feel like doing anything. You don't feel like getting out of bed. You don't feel like. even taking a shower, getting dressed, much less taking on the responsibilities that you have. And for some reason, this messenger keeps going off. I do apologize for that. But my friend apparently doesn't know how to write uh, long messages. Just apparently one sentence messages, and he sends like 80 of them. Yes, Devin, I'm talking to you. You know who you are. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get a message about this when this goes live. But 
as I was saying, mental exhaustion, it's, and it's not the fact that we don't want to do anything or that we don't feel like doing anything. It's, you know, some people can look at my, look at that and say, oh, that's just being lazy. No, this isn't the same thing. This is where mentally we feel like we're going to be just sick if we get up if we put one foot in front of the other if we you know if we get in that car and we go to work or we have to go you know on this errand it has to be done or we have to meet this person or persons we have to make this phone call. A phone call is one of the... That's a major thing that people don't realize is... Um, introverts and people with social anxiety like myself, we hate phone calls. When we see the phone ringing, we just groan. Because it's like... This is why we invented text. Texting is amazing. Why don't you just text me? But, you know, I still understand some things need to be done voice to voice. I prefer, I would prefer face to face with the few people that are actually going to call me, but sometimes that's not an option. And some, one thing that I really do want to stress here is that when when you get mentally exhausted your emotions your mood is affected I mean everything is affected by this again because this is dealing with the brain and you're you're dealing with everything so our moods can go just straight down and be we can be just in these nasty moods and sometimes we can just go off on the slightest thing like we've we've had it we've gone just to the edge and something happens and we snap and we snap at somebody that we love we snap at people i've done it so many times i don't even want to think about i hate thinking about it but i snapped at my mother and my father for just stupid things and I've had to go back and go I'm sorry that wasn't I didn't mean to do that that was you know they understand they realize what it is and that's something that me and Aaron when he's back up feeling well um, will be we really want to discuss is having people around you, having a support system. We do want to really focus on that and help try to help you form that and also how to guide, sort of lay out a guide for people who want to support you. Which that should be the first step right there is that they want to understand, they want to support you. And if they're willing to do that, then they're willing to listen. 
and that is the, one of the biggest things, the biggest thing really, is listening. They need to, you know, ask you, you're going to have to be open with them too, so they're going to need to ask you questions. They're going to, because somebody that does not have anxiety, who does not have mental illness, who does not have any of this stuff, does not understand. They cannot fathom what we go through on a daily basis. It's, it's like trying, it's like trying to read it in another language for them. And... I wish there was an easier way for people to understand. I wish there was a way for people to understand completely, but there's not. Unless you feel or experience the mental illness for yourself, you will never know what it's like. And even myself, with what I have experienced, I can say, okay, I understand part of what somebody else is feeling, but it's different for that person. That person is not going to feel the same way I feel, and the same things that calm me down and help me may not help them. So I never say, you know, I'm right here, I understand completely, I'm in your shoes, or I'm in the same boat. I prefer to say, I'm in the same trench beside you fighting the same battle. We're both just going about fighting our own way. And really that's about as good as you can do. You can never fully step into somebody else's shoes. You can never really live their life or feel what they've felt. You have to just try to understand the best that you can. And if you're willing to do that for somebody, if you have somebody that is does have a mental illness, whether if it's anxiety, depression, social anxiety, things we, the things we talk about on here, or if it's something else, the bi- like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, you know, there's so many that I'm not well versed in. Um, PTSD is a major factor for people and especially for our veterans who I feel for and if you're willing to listen to someone who is dealing with this stuff if you're willing to sit down and say how can I help you what can I do that alone right there is probably one of the biggest things you'll ever be able to do for them is the fact that you have now opened the door and made it clear they can talk to you. They can come and get you. They can come and you know get you when they're upset or when they're having an anxiety attack or they're having you know, whatever is going on that day and they need somebody to talk to. They can get a hold of you. That is major. That is just knowing that I have people that I can call. I mean, is such a comfort. Knowing that 
if I have to, I can call my mother's workplace, tell them who I am and tell them to find her. And she has instructed her, basically her staff, to pull her out of a meeting if things are bad. I try not to do that. I try to, you know, keep up with when she's going to be having meetings and things like that so I know, okay, you know, this is not a good time to to call her. But sometimes, sometimes you just, I just need to talk to her and I just need to get through to her and she's made it clear that whenever that is, she'll make, she'll make time. You know, her, her job, her job is demanding and, but she's made it clear that I am more important to her than, than just that, than that job. And, you know, I can't, you know, that's, that's my, that's my mom. That's, that's the way she's always been. It's always been, she's always put me first. I was very blessed with the parents that I got. Trust me. Um, they are amazing people. And my father, my father is usually who I try to call because when he's working, he's out and moving around and he's not sitting in one place he has more freedom to kind of stop and talk to me plus I don't it doesn't take as many words to explain things to him uh, I only have to say it's you know it's one of those days and he goes I understand and we go on from there and he starts working you know we start working through trying to figure out how to calm down how to assess the situation and how to move forward and it's a two-way street he has called me several times and had to talk to me and I've had to talk him through a panic attack I mean this I'm honored that he trusts me enough to call me that he feels comfortable enough to call me and talk to me about this it's um it's an amazing bond but I've been very fortunate and very blessed to be able to build upon just my parents my grandmother uh, on my mother's side she has worked hard to understand anxiety and my situation and mental illness and dealing with it she literally told me because I asked her before we uh, recorded this podcast I called and asked her for her opinion on things and she literally said that she had to learn from scratch because she knew nothing about mental illness and that's not uncommon People don't, a lot of people don't think this is real. Don't think it's an actual thing, but it is. But she's done a lot and made herself 
available for me to talk to and get a hold of at almost any time. Um, if something happens, if I'm at the house by myself and I don't need to be by myself, she'll get here. That's a very rare thing. Um, I think I can only name one time that it's that I've actually had to call her for, the, for that. And that was when my dad had me taken to the hospital for um, basically I had an ulcer. And it, it scared me to death and I called her and she immediately came over here and stayed with me the rest of the day until I knew until we we knew everything was alright and even then she stayed and cooked supper and everything else and she's told me when I asked her I said what I said cause you know you can you've you've seen me in the anxious state in that frame of mind you know what it's how I am and she said, I read your body language. She said, your body language tells me that you're in that that mindset. You've gone to that, you've gone over the edge, sort of, into anxiety. She said, I know how you move normally, how you carry yourself. She said, I've seen you when you get protective. She said, but that anxiety, when it hits you, she said, it is just, it's not you. It's very very different and I can see it and just spot it immediately and I know there's nothing that I that I can do to really make it go away except offer you the escape which is hand you the car keys and let you go to the car and that's that's basically the only thing that I've found when I'm when I am out to actually help is to have the car um, accessible to be able to get into it and be isolated from I guess from just people and everything else in general there's been many a times I've been out and my dad has suddenly just handed me the car keys and said go to the car and I said I've looked at him like why he said because you're anxious and you're about to panic. I said, well, yes, but how did you know? He said, doesn't matter, go to the car now. See, there goes that messenger thing again. I don't know if you guys are picking that up or not. But, um, it's, it does affect you. You have a mental, you have a physical reaction. Whatever happens mentally, you're going to have a physical reaction to it. And the body just... It goes into that zone. And it, it goes into that almost defensive mode. Where it's just going to... You're in the fight or flight system. And there's no threat. But because you can't find a threat, that just makes you even more anxious. Well, hopefully I can expand on that some more in later episodes. 
with Aaron and have him give his point of view on things. Like I said, I don't want to do don't want to do too much on my own here it's this is really feeling like a more somber sort of podcast all of a sudden when you're running it solo but we had kind of planned for this when one of us would get sick or have those days where we couldn't we weren't up to recording we couldn't handle just weren't up to it and I mean I, un- I understand completely I mean, he's he's been physically sick and that that just takes your your mental health just goes even further down when you're sick when you don't feel good you just your mindset just goes plummeting to the bottom uh, thankfully uh, he's contacting he's staying in contact with me he's staying you know Tori is is with him and you know he's got people that are you know supporting him and that's you know again the support system is very important and that's that's really a topic that I want to discuss with him on this podcast and get his view on things. Um, to give you a little bit of a, I guess, a backstory, a history between me and Aaron. Uh, we call each other brothers. We are actually not biologically blood brothers or anything like that. Um, he is five years younger than I am and he lives several states away we met over video games and we bonded because I was outspoken about dealing with my anxiety disorder and social anxiety and when I was willing to be that way I opened the door for him to ask me questions and then he started confiding in me he started coming to me and asking, you know, certain things, help on certain things, certain situations, and eventually it got where he could, we could, you know, he would call me sometimes, and other times he would send me a text saying, hey, this isn't good, you know, and you know, it was, it was again a two-way street. I called him many times. I've, gosh, when my years, the few years back when my um, dogs passed away, I was in a terrible state of mind, and he was who I called. Um, it wasn't because. My parents didn't understand. They felt the same pain that I was feeling because these have been our family pets for, gosh, 16, 17 years. My grandmother understood. She understood the pain of losing a pet and stuff like that, but 
and she was somewhat emotional over losing these dogs so I didn't want to put more emotion I didn't want to make things worse for them and Aaron was there when I needed somebody to talk to about it and he was able to let me vent and let me really talk and that's just the way we we've been we've been that way for years now it was a you know a random you know encounter the we met through a mutual friend and I became friends with with that with the mutual friend on a just at random sort of it was a I believe it was a post on Instagram about back when we were running a gaming crew and he actually contacted us saying hey I'd like to see about joining what why don't we get together and play okay and then that introduced us to more people and eventually introduced me and Aaron and then we we really sort of bonded because we had the same, a lot of the same qualities. Um, don't get me wrong, we still butt heads a lot. Um, we disagree on a lot of things. He's he has his views, I have mine. Um, but the amazing thing about that is we respect each other's views. We can see where the other one is coming from. It's never just black and white with us it's always we look at it and go okay I can see why your your view on this is that way I can understand why you feel that way and we just if we disagree then we just go okay this is something we don't agree on we'll we know where each other stands we'll move on it's not going to ruin friendship is not going to cause a fight gosh I don't think me and him have ever fought um, and yes there goes the messengers thing again I don't know what is going on but apparently oh yeah um, AEW Dynamite is on tonight and my Devin is a wrestling fanatic so apparently he's giving me play-by-play -play of what's going on. He doesn't realize I'm trying to record this right now. I didn't bother to tell him. But uh, surprise, Devin, you're going to be famous on this podcast. Like, this is going to make you famous. Um, but yeah, me, me and Aaron bonded over, basically over our mental illness. And then we bonded further through mutual interests um, like Star Wars, music he's he is into cars as he said in the previous episode he is not a um, a car fan uh, fanatic he's not a or a car guru I guess I should say is as in he doesn't um, 
know the mechanical side of things as well. And to be honest, neither do I. I don't know the mechanical side of things as well anymore. The older cars, yes. Newer ones, not so much. Um, too many computers. But he's slowly, he loves, I know he's got a thing for older muscle cars, the same that I do. And, you know, we, that was something we were able to bond over. And Star Wars was the big thing that I think that really broke the ice. Our shared belief system even though it's at its core we both have the same beliefs um, it's just the I guess you could say the trimmings the outside of it the outside of the bullseye is where we sort of disagree on small things small issues and again it's things that I can look at and go I can see where you're coming from and he can do that he does the same thing he tells me, I, I see where you're coming from I see what's your, your point and we both just go with that but really the to go into further depth on the support systems how to support someone with anxiety or depression mental illness whatever they may be dealing with um, we're going to cover that more when he is back to feeling good and he's up to recording an episode with us and that messenger just dinged again. Devin, seriously, dude, I don't need 50 messages about AEW. I'm just kidding, man. I, uh, I have to give him a hard time. Mainly because he's gone the past, what, five years and hasn't had internet? What, seriously? starting to think he's reverting back to the stone age but that's off topic and he's going to hate me for saying that but he lives states away too so he can't get to me <laughs> but uh, yeah that's pretty much going to be it it's uh, I know this is a short episode of head check and not as lively, not as much humor, not as much um, topics going back and forth. That's really something that only works when the two of us are here together and working on this. But we will hopefully be back next week with a full episode and a full discussion on either we're going to expand on support systems or we're going to uh, expand more on the mental exhaustion and get Aaron's point of view on that plus we'll touch on uh, 
music, movies, video games, all that kind of stuff that we usually talk about that help us escape um, from our, you know, the daily, the daily grind, the daily struggles of dealing with this. And until then, I, well, Aaron says this is our new catchphrase, so I guess we'll go with it. Until then, keep those heads in check. This is Nightmare, signing out.